from nation media, uh, uh, they didn't pay for advertising. To, and um, <clears throat> oh my word, I keep praying. You know, every time we're praying that God would release his gifts into this place, one that I often pray for is just humor. Oh my word. <laughs> Y'all are too serious. Y'all take God too seriously. Oh yeah, and I also have to say that I, I, I was in the States for longer than two weeks, but it was not long enough. It, that, that, it, nothing explains why I talk the way I do. I remember being in a car in Nairobi. Yeah, let's just get that done with. <laughs> being in a car in Nairobi, and, and, um, and this guy, I started speaking in Swahili, and the guy went, wait, when in Kenya? I'm like, what do you expect? And anyway, how else will people know? So anyway, <laughs> yes, okay, let's get focused. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> one of Jesus' most famous statements is that you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. And Jesus says this line at the beginning of uh, one of his most elaborate conversations and sermon on spiritual warfare. You know, if you've been here for the last couple of weeks, we've been talking about spiritual warfare. And so Jesus actually says that line in, in, in a conversation that is actually about spiritual warf warfare. Wait, what's happening? I think I'm hearing voices. Um, <laughs> and, you know, the kind of stuff we see on TV, casting out demons, breaking curses and spells. And I'm not saying that it isn't that. But when Jesus thought about spiritual warfare, he started with a line you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. He who, set free, uh, he who the Son sets free is free indeed. Listen, all that other stuff is part of it. Last week, uh, I, I, I tried to bring us to the realization that, that, uh, that we do have an enemy. There are evil spirits out there, just, and just like human beings, they have a free will, and they have agency to accomplish their will, and sometimes... They, they are coming up against God's will. They have afflicted both the, uh, the natural world, both human beings and just nature. Yet, it is so important. So it was just about knowing your enemy. It is so important to know how your enemy fights. If it, you know, uh, Paul says, you know, stand firm against the schemes of the enemy. So we got to know the schemes of the enemy. Um, I was in Nairobi uh, for a, a series of meetings. So often what I do, because we no longer have an office in Nairobi, is, is sit in a coffee shop and then just the, uh, what changes is the faces on the other side of the table and the bill is just getting longer. So, but uh, two weeks ago, one of my meetings said they wouldn't come to a coffee shop in a mall because a few uh, uh, activity. And so, you know, this person thought, uh, from history, don't be in the malls. You'd better be in a kibanda. They don't like kibandas. Anyway, so, uh, but, but the question is, why are we still here after a very prolonged and expensive military war in Somalia since 2011? How are we still fighting the same thing? Um, I think it's now two weeks ago. Uh, Joe Biden, the, the president of the U.S., declared that he had killed, uh, the, not <laughs> he had ordered a strike on the leader of the jihadist uh, group ISIS. In 2019, his predecessor, 
made an announcement that he had killed the leader of the jihadist group ISIS. What's happening? It's like, it's, 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 they killed one leader and it was after the suppression of Al-Qaeda that it came up. Like, and it's been a long, expensive war. Now, at this point, I really want to caution us. It's so easy to think that the, the problem of uh, religious extremism is uh, entirely a Muslim thing. It is not. Violence and terrorism is not a, <laughs> a Muslim thing. Um, down history, we have to be honest, the church has some things uh, violently and caused harm. The crusades were done in the name, in, in the name of, of the church. Um, even today, in some countries, we have wielding believers in forests, preparing for, for a holy war of some sort. Uh, last year, there was a bit of chaos in the U.S., and, and, uh, and as, as this was, there were, there were Christian signs and people praying outside, outside as they rioted. It's, uh, violence is... Uh, Religious extremism is not a, a, just a Muslim thing. In Kenya, we know too well that... Uh, in Kenya, the, I might so have to right? In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, take this blow. It's just often easier to, to point to the faults of others, especially when we are convinced that we are right. So let's be very, very careful. But here is one thing we have to know. Violence has never been the way of Jesus. Violence is not the way of Jesus. He famously disarmed uh, one of his disciples right before heading to victory. So anyway, so back to the illustration I'm using. Uh, you know, how is it that despite the military resources, the, uh, the, the might put behind beating jihadism, personnel, so much money, so many lives lost, how are we still fighting the same battle? It may be the classic mistake of fighting the enemy the wrong way. Like you, you probably know the enemy, but you don't know how they fight. So Paul encourages you need to know the enemy. The world keeps throwing bombs at an, at an idea, right? It's a, it's a way of thinking. It's an ideology, it's a philosophy. So what happens is, when you take down one militant, they are replaced by two more who, are more, um, who have more resolve, and because they saw how you fought last, last year, they, they have a few new ideas of how to, to escape your, your, right? And it's the same thing. It's like, when we always focus, demons are real, and we talk about, but sometimes we focus on militants, and forget that, oh, maybe there's a different thing going on here. Spiritual warfare is the same. We need to know our enemy and, and our enemy's primary weapon. And I want to make the case that our enemy, the devil, the primary weapon he uses is lies and deception. That's why when Jesus starts teaching about spiritual warfare, he says, you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. It's not you will go through an exorcism and you will be free. That is important and it happens. It's not, oh, you'll be, uh, hands will be laid on you, you'll be healed and you'll be free. He said, you will deception by the weapon of truth. And so that's what we'll talk about today. Lord, come.
I ask that only your truth stand. Lord, even the things I will say that are just not in the right place, uh, let your spirit just guard our hearts. Come and do what only you can do, Lord. So I want to start with a bit of philosophy uh, about what makes human beings uh, stand out. What makes human beings spread? Or if you like the, the paradigm of evolution, what made Homo sapiens sapiens uh, outdo other hominins, right? Wh why, why are we thought to be on top of the food chain? People used to think it's our opposing thumbs, but other hominins are said to have had opposing thumbs. Scientists now, uh, 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 especially as they realize that hominins uh, might have existed at the same time. By that I mean, you know, when you think about Neanderthals and Homo sapiens, they, they existed at the same time. Uh, instead of having moved from one to another in that sequence. Uh, they're beginning to think that actually what, what, uh, what makes Homo sapiens sapiens stand out is their ability to hold ideas. It's our ability to hold ideas which, which, which we can bring into reality. Our ability to have imagination. This is quite the gift because this is how we birth new things. This is how you start new things like relationships. It, start, it starts with an idea. I might be able to have coffee with this one. It's it, like for George, it's often George. I'm not a very good writer. It goes, hey, I have this line, and I come in pretending I know so much, and I go, hey, and we could make it this. And, and we've, we've used some of those songs. It started with an idea, art. Ah, oh, I was supposed to bring my, my drawing. It was for this moment. So last weekend, there was a bit of paint and sip thing going on, and I had a masterpiece. George was the instructor. There, were no, there was no beach in his painting, but mine did. It started with an idea, and my idea was, I am not good at this. <laughs> so I was like, ah, oh, let's see what comes out, right? It's imagination. We imagine things, and then with our bodies, we live them out. That very gift is also our undoing. Because you could have ideas that do not correspond with reality. Those ideas are called lies. When you have ideas that do not correspond with reality, with our bodies, we create them into, our, into reality and we start living them out as true. So, so we all live out our lives from mental patterns or mental maps, if you will. You know, uh, by that, I mean a collection of ideas. It's pretty much like the name suggests. It's a map. You know how to get from Agora to where you live, right? You have a collection of ideas of how you will leave that chair and find yourself home. But we, we, we don't only have ideas about such tangible things. How do I lift my mug and that kind of thing. We also have ideas or mental maps about very important questions of life. Questions like what is marriage, what is sexuality, what is democracy, our ideas about faith and religion, our ideas about what the good life is or morality. These form your worldview. So remember what, I, what I'm trying to say. We have ideas that could either correspond to reality or they couldn't. Then we leave them out. Sadly, we leave them out. And that's like, live them out. Okay. I remember uh, many years ago, 
uh, I like saying that so that all the 20-somethings feel so young. <laughs> uh, and then I also like pointing that my hair is graying for no reason. But anyway, so when I was a boy, uh, I, I just watched the movie, the Peter Pan movie called Hook. And it was captivating. It was an amazing movie. I was at my grandmother's house. She lived in Kayole in, in Nairobi. And I went to the rooftop. I think I've shared this story before, but please just bear with me. Just, and I went to the rooftop and I said, I'm going to fly. And I got to the edge. All I needed was one happy thought, because that's what Peter Pan was told. One happy thought, but, but you know what? Something told me maybe that's not how it worked, and I didn't. Otherwise, reality would have greeted me. I would have received what we call a dose of reality. Reality is what meets you when your ideas don't correspond. Oh, sorry, when you're, when you're holding lies in your head. Reality is what meets you when your ideas don't correspond to reality. And, and, and you know, it's, if you hold the wrong idea about how you get from here to your home, you'll find yourself somewhere else. And if you do that a lot, same thing about very important uh, 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 questions of life. So, for example, you have this idea that you are unlovable. You will start living that lie out with your body. You will let people in relationships uh, with you treat you as if you are unlovable. You will treat yourself as if you are unlovable. What happens is over time, that idea that doesn't correspond to reality, that lie, becomes true of you. And people start having, uh, start having a very difficult time uh, 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 being in relationship with you. That's how... Danger, that's how important and dangerous ideas are. We are at the mercy of our ideas, Dallas Willard said. And the thing is, what, what you have in your mind impacts how you live. How you live becomes your character, and, and, and it forms you. You become that person, and then your character produces new ideas to reinforce the way you're living. That's how important it is. That the ideas we have uh, correspond to reality. We all know the story of Adam and Eve. Yes, we're getting back to the Bible. We've been longing for it. We all know the story of Adam and, Adam and Eve. I, I, I feel like even if you haven't read the Bible in a long time, sadly so many believers haven't, uh, you still remember this story. And yeah, just don't worry, don't the snake in the garden. You know, like I've been saying for the last couple of weeks, that snakes don't talk. Even people back then knew snakes don't talk. So there's something else going on here. There's a bigger story being told here. So I'm, I'm inviting you to be open-minded. And for followers of Jesus in the room, I'm inviting you to realize that this is Jesus' worldview. Anyway, so when the, when the enemy, the, uh, the serpent of old, uh, attacks Eve, he does not use bombs or swords. It doesn't, you know, there's no weird demonic attack. Satan uses an idea. Satan uses an idea. This is paradigmatic of the human condition. And sadly, this idea was a lie. It was deception. And this is the same thing he's still doing. 
how he's fighting humanity, how he's fighting the children of God, is still by selling ideas that are not true. What we call lies. So I want us to look at John 8. So I want to make the argument that spiritual warfare is primarily a battle to believe truth. Uh, you know, don't conform to the standards of this world, but, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind. The renewal of how you think, the ideas you hold on to. So a bit of context, in, in John 8, Jesus has been teaching, and then the Pharisees around him hear him, and they get into this debate with him, and they actually now start plotting to kill him. This is, this is when they, they've made up their mind, we will murder this person. So to the Jews who had believed him, Jesus said, if you hold to my teaching, you are really my disciples. Then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. They answered, we are Abraham's descendants and have never been slaves of anyone. Because Jesus just made the argument that if you're living a lie, you're a slave to that. Your idea, you're a slave to that. We've never been slaves to anyone, which is so funny because we all know the history of Israel. They once were slaves. See how messed up that is? How can you say that we sin? Well, that's how it begins. Everyone who sins is a slave to sin. Now, a slave has no permanent place in the family, but a son belongs to it forever. So if the son sets you free, you will be free indeed. I know that you are Abraham's descendants, yet you are now looking for a way to kill me because you have no room for my word. I am telling you, that I have seen, I am telling you what I have seen in the Father's presence, and you are doing what you have seen, what you've heard from your Father. See what's going on here? Last week we said that, that the enemy, the enemy's number one job is to murder, to destroy it all. And so Jesus is saying, hey, biologically you're, you're Abraham's, Abraham's descendants, but you have become formed into somebody else's children because you're doing what he does. You're planning to kill me. Abraham is our father, they answered. If you were Abraham's children, said Jesus, then you would do what Abraham did. As it is, you are looking for a way to kill me. A man who has told you the truth that I have heard from God. Abraham did not do such things. You are doing the works of your own father. It's burning them. Then they go, we are not illegitimate children. They protested. Here's what we don't realize. They're actually insulting Jesus. The word there is that we're not bastards. Because everybody around there uh, uh, knew that Joseph wasn't Jesus' father. So they're going, we're not bastards like you, by the way. That's what's going on here. It's, it's really deep warfare. I'm sorry. It's just, oh, my word. Okay, sorry. I have not come on my own. God sent me. Why is my language not clear to you? Because you are unable to hear what I say. You belong to your father, the devil, and you want to carry out your father's desires. He was a murderer from the beginning, just like you guys want to be right now, not holding to the truth. For there is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks his native language. For he's a liar and the father of lies. Yet because I tell you the truth, you do not believe me. This is Jesus' most elaborate uh, conversation and teaching on spiritual warfare. And here are a few things he's saying about what this looks like. One, the devil is real. 
I keep saying we're, we're, in a, we're in a culture, we're in a time where people want to ignore spiritual reality. People want to pretend, ah, those guys just didn't have science. They didn't have, no, there's a real, there's the existence of a, of a, a populated spiritual realm. And, 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 and the problem is if you don't have that in your worldview, your enemy becomes the people of that other party. Your enemy becomes that political leader. Your enemy becomes your brother. Your enemy becomes your spouse. Your enemy becomes people of that religion. Because you forget that there's something more going on. So Jesus is saying, no, actually, we do have an enemy, and he's after our souls. Two, his main aim is distraction. His, his main aim, he does not love life, so he destroys life. He murders. He wants to destroy it all. This is what we talked about last week. Then he's saying the, uh, the enemy's scheme is, is, is using his native language to lie. He's been lying from the beginning, and that's how these people have gotten where they are. We become, uh, uh, when we buy into the devil's lies, we become like him. When we buy, remember, the ideas we have shape our behavior, shape who we become. So Jesus is saying, hey, when you, when you become like the enemy because you think like the enemy, you've bought into his lies. John said, that uh, the Son of Man, Jesus, came to destroy the works of the enemy. Came to bring life and life in, in abundance. Do we realize that this thing? He would tell his disciples, let's go to the other town so that I can preach there too. He was a rabbi. And what do teachers do? Teachers give you ideas. They give you ideas to shape your mental maps. Hopefully those ideas correspond with reality, Right? But that's why Jesus has come as a teacher. His, his way of destroying the works of the enemy is by giving truth. And that's why he says you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. Often Jesus would say things like, you have been told, now I tell you this. What is he doing? He's giving uh, those who are listening to him a, a, a new way of thinking. Every time Jesus would say, repent, for the kingdom of God is at hand. What, what that meant also, it's not just, oh, change your behavior. It's change how you think of holiness. When we change how we think and we're devoted to God, that comes. Anyway, I don't know why I went into that. But anyway, so Jesus is a teacher just giving new ways of thinking. This is how I want you to look at things. Uh, you've been told this, now I tell you this. Or mostly he was teaching through stories. What is he doing? He's giving ideas. He's giving truth. He was a truth teller. His main way of destroying the works of the enemy was by teaching truth. This is our Lent series as I come to a close. And we started a bit early. And Lent leads us up to Easter. At the death and resurrection of Jesus. Where the church has always interpreted this, uh, one of the biggest ways it has interpreted uh, death and resurrection is what we call Christus Victor. At the cross, Christ was victorious. They're saying, by the way, there was a warfare, there was a battle, there was a war, and Jesus won at the cross. Now, right before that victory, Jesus was taken before Pilate. And Pilate asked him if he was a king. And sometimes, 
Because, you know, there are very few monarchies, very, you know, wars aren't what they used to look like. We miss the impact of, of that question. To be a king meant you are the head of your military. You are the commander-in-chief and not in the same way Uhuru is the commander-in-chief. When Uhuru sends people to war, he stays at home. I'm sure he feels this responsibility, but he doesn't go. Then if you were a king, you went to war and you could just have died like any of the other soldiers. Kingdom in collision with mine. He was the, the, the senior most figurehead of the Roman Empire in that area. So when he's asking Jesus, are you a king? He's saying, are we at war? Are we at war? And we miss the impact of this right before Jesus is victorious. And look at, look at the conversation they had. John 18. Jesus said, my kingdom is not of this world. He's saying, yes, I am a king. Therefore, he's saying, yes, we are at war. If it were, my servants would fight to prevent my arrest by the Jewish leaders. But now my kingdom is from another place. Saying, oh, Mike, I am a king, but I don't fight the same way you people do. Even more reason to remember that violence is never the way of Jesus. You're a king then, said Pilate. Jesus answered, you say that I am a king. In fact, the very reason I was born and came into this world is to testify to the truth. Everyone on the side of truth listens to me. He's saying, the very reason, the only reason I was born and came into this world, John called it to destroy the works of the enemy. Jesus is calling it to testify to the truth. For Jesus, his purpose in the battle is not one of guns and swords, but one of truth against lies. And all those on the side of truth are with him. You will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. I want to call back the band as we finish. I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life, Jesus said. He's saying that he is the center of reality. He is the very center of reality. An invitation to live our lives from him. Because when we, when we, when we don't, we center. So as I invite you to stand, I just want to make a few exhortations. If, if you've never decided to follow Jesus, there's an invitation to do so today. To put your trust in him. To live your life from him as the focal point of reality. And now I just want you to be still for a few moments. Is it okay if you stand? And I want us to invite the Holy Spirit and, and just ask, you know, what ideas have you clung onto that are just not true? 
And it's, it's, it's often hard to know those things because we think they're true. We're living as if they're true. So let's just ask the Holy Spirit, show me what ideas I'm clinging on to that are just not true, that are just not centered on Jesus as the focal point of reality. And one of the ways you can become aware of that is what are you becoming? What are you forming into? What are some of the places the Father is saying, this isn't who I created you to be? And just go, Lord, I surrender these bunch of ideas to you. Where is God saying you're not showing up to reality very well in this area of your life? Jesus said, I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep and my sheep know me. Then he added that his sheep, where is he gently saying, this is not how I want you to show up to reality. This is not how I want you to live, family. This is not how I want you to live out your sexuality. This is not how I want you to live out your, 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 your being employed or being an employer. Where is God saying, let's, let's talk about these ideas. Lord, we thank you because there is no shadow you won't light up. There's no wall you won't climb up. There, there's no lie you won't tear down. It's coming after us. And so, Lord, tear down the lies in our hearts. Tear down the lies we've believed about ourselves. Tear down the lies we've believed about you, Lord. Tear down the lies we've believed about people around us. Tear down the lies we've believed about your forgiveness. We've believed about your friendship. Lord, let, let your Holy Spirit just settle in us and, and just show us where, where, where lies have taken hold. Come, Lord. I just want to give you a few moments to actually just pray that out. Just, just pray over some of those things, and, and then I'll release it. What are some of the whole things the Holy Spirit is saying? Let's talk about this idea. Thank you, Father, for you are good and you are kind to us. So as I release us, our prayer team is going to be at the back. If you need prayer for anything, we would love to pray with you. God is always on the move. God is always doing stuff, and we just want to join uh, with him. Uh, and, and then the worship team will keep uh, leading in worship. You are welcome to stay there and be in, in your Father's presence, um, and you're welcome to leave. But please say hello to someone before you do. And so we ask you to shield us from the enemy's lies.
You, O Lord, are, are our glory and the lifter of our heads. And so for where the enemy's lies have, have, have bent you down, let the Lord lift your face again. Because you belong to him. I bless you now to go into the city, around your family, around friends, and show up to reality well. To listen to the voice of your shepherd as he calls out lies in, uh, in you and show up to reality well. I bless you now in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you very much.